Aloha beautiful people. I'm your host Sarah Fletcher and you're listening to The Mermaid Medium. Come journey with me as we dive deep weekly into topics of spirituality and self-development with a stellar cast of guest speakers who are highly acclaimed in their fields of expertise. You're listening to The Mermaid Medium. I take this time to pay our respect to elders past, present and the ones that are yet to come on all of the lands upon which we stand, work and play. We pay our respect to the ones who have cared for this land and held all of the wisdom and knowledge that is sacred to all of the people of this land, the First Nations people. Aloha beautiful people and welcome to this week's episode of the Mermaid Medium. You are with your host Sarah Fletcher. Yesterday I happened to go to a funeral and as far as funerals were concerned it was beautiful. The, the service was so well spoken and such a light filled the space, such a peaceful energy and it was the most glorious, glorious day. And of course when you're at a funeral, it's very common to start reflecting on life and, of course, how precious life is. Now, I have these sorts of conversations on daily with clients, so it's not uncommon practice for me <laughs> to be reflecting on the value and preciousness of this life. But I really, really was hit hard yesterday. Just everything that's so sacred, you know, we've got the water that we drink, the air that we breathe, the beautiful food that we take into our body, the communication, the, the type of language we use to communicate, um, you know, all of the joy, all of the things that we can connect with in nature, in the natural world, in the natural kingdom, the animal kingdom, everything that is that belongs truly to this earth and what it, what it means to be human all of this connection that we have intrinsically without all of the other things, without all of the extras, doesn't matter what sort of house you live in, if it's, you know, a $5 million mansion or if it's a little two-bedroom cottage, it is about what we make of this experience in life. So here's the invitation this week. The invitation is to make the absolute most of what we have, to to find the gratitude in every day, to list those things that we are thankful for, to open our awareness to what's really, truly important. You know, I go to the park with the kids sometimes and like the people, I see so many people on their phones and their children will be just trying to get their attention. So, so desperately and I mean I'm not not ever on my phone I'm not saying I'm perfect I you know might check the time I might take a photo I might but I really try when I'm out in those spaces with my kids to be present presence actually is the key here so in whatever moment whatever you're doing in that moment lap it up for all it's worth and really be present I think that's actually the invitation here. Awareness, presence. So 
(laughs) Take the best, leave the rest as always. And yeah, have such a beautiful week. Today we've got a really, really juicy long interview and this is going to take up the entire episode. So I'm going to do our three card read and then we're going straight into this epic interview with guest Terry Fairbairn. She's a psychic medium. She has got the most incredible stories to share. I can't wait for you to all tune in and listen. Spring Willow is this beautiful, magical sanctuary space that I visit every time I'm on the northern beaches of Sydney. It's located at Balgala, where individual treatments are offered to cater for many needs a person might have. Larissa, who I've known for over 25 years now, amazing, beautiful human being, draws from many modalities, including shiatsu, energy healing, crystal bowls, and sound therapy to provide a supportive session that allows your body's natural healing and balancing abilities to restore a sense of well-being. Also offered a crystal alchemy bowl sessions in a group setting or one-on-one to amplify and magnify positive change. Larissa makes the most incredible ceremonial tools, which I personally use for my energy work and space and land clearing and ceremony. You can find out all about what Larissa's offering at Spring Willow Healing on Insta. Daily practice is such an important part of our self-development and a really accessible tool is journaling, one of my own go-tos on a daily I absolutely love the Tides of Change journal, which is a nautically themed journal designed by psychologist, yoga and dance teacher, Poppy E. Atru. Through the power of guided journaling, you'll learn to identify your core values, set goals aligned with your truest desires, and chart your course towards an authentic life that you love. Whether you're seeking personal or professional growth, this journal will help you stay on track and motivated to manifest your wildest dreams. To order your Tides of Change journal, go to wellnessarts.com.au forward slash shop. Now for today's collective card read, the three card tarot read is from Radley Valentine's Guardian Angel Messages Tarot, one of my favourites. The first card is the sun, success, recognition, enthusiasm. This is my favorite card in the entire deck. The sun, you couldn't get any better. It's the ultimate positive, fabulous, the ultimate outcome. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, the focus is going to start to shift and yeah, become more shiny. That's where it's all at. Nine of fire, protection, preparedness, resilience. You've gone through the hardest times. I have to say they're behind you, okay? Growth had to happen. This was a necessary, essential part of the development for your soul, for your journey. And the following card is the six of fire, success, recognition, self-esteem. So that success, that word success again, that and recognition, They're both, those two words, success and recognition, are in both six of fire and the sun. So this is about having to have overcome the obstacles to get to that place of victory, the ultimate victory, which is the sun. So know that you've climbed the mountain. The hardest part is behind you now and you are now more empowered 
more strengthened through the process and so ready, so, so ready to claim this beautiful sunny life that you absolutely deserve. Now, if you're looking for an incredible all-round medium, healer and animal communicator, Hermine, founder of Healing Knowledge Harmony, is a medium, mentor and animal communicator. Using direct channeling and clear senses, her primary focus is supporting you on your spiritual journey, connecting with past lives and your guides to connect to your higher self. Hermine works with your beloved animal companions too. You can find her on Facebook, Insta and on her website, healingknowledgeharmony.com. Aloha, Terry. Hello. Oh, welcome. So today, folks, we have the beautiful Terry Fairburn, and she is our guest this evening. And now, as I said in the introduction, Terry is a psychic medium and a fabulous one at that. And I've had the pleasure to connect with Terry a few times at some of the events that we've worked at together. So, Terry, this evening, I would love so much for you to share with all of the listeners about your journey and entry into, you know, the spiritual world, um, all of the things, like where it started for you. And I'm just going to hand the platform right over to you to start at your beginning. (laughs) Well, I'm going to get in the Wayback Machine for a bit as well. And um, as well as part of my journey and part of my family's journey, um, it really ties in with the beginning um, and the high, I guess, the high point of spiritualism in Australia. So if you don't mind, I'll go into a little bit of history as well. I love it. I love the historical point of view. I love it. Excellent. Okay. So, So where do we start? Where would you like to start? So I would love to know about your childhood and your family lineage. Okay. Well, look, what I'll do here is um, I'll just start off with a a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a preamble and then I'll go into um, how my family, um, how it happened in my family. I'm sorry, if you can hear a howling behind me, (laughs) I've got got a cat, I've got two cats that are 18 and they've both got feline dementia. And one of them howls like a dog and she's howling right now. So um, anyone think that I was murdering her, but um, clearly I'm not. (laughs) Okay, so um, with me, I, I can read energy and I know I've always been able to read energy, but you know, for a long time, I wasn't really aware of how it all worked. And in, indeed, it wasn't generally encouraged because I actually spent about 30 years in the military. So it's it's not an environment, I guess, that fosters um, psych experiences or, or learning or anything like that. But I guess like a lot of people, I mean, everybody's got a bit of this. But I, I always knew that, um, um, you know, on an, uh, unconsciously, I guess, that I could feel and see energies in people. And um, although I didn't always listen to my own feelings and uh, and that's uh, that's truly the case because it's a pity that um, I married the wrong man. <laughs> However, that's all done and gone. But, you know, I mean, life teaches us stuff and, um, and I learned a lesson from that gift. Um, so, you know, if anyone's interested in spiritual, I guess, spiritual matters, anyone can hone their, their own abilities with um, study and practice. As I said, everyone's got some sort of gift, whether it's lying dormant or being actively encouraged now. 
Yeah, I would absolutely 100% agree with that. Yeah, no one knows really a lot, a lot about tapping into it though. So I'll go into a bit of that later as well. But, um, you know, I, I, as you heard in the preamble there, I, I, psychic ability can run in families. It's a funny thing how it works. But um, it's true in my case, even though um, it didn't come on to me until quite late in life. I was 53 when I really hit my straps with this. And, you know, I believe it's because it comes to you at a strong point when you need to and when it needs you in, in that sphere. Mm. So what happened was is that I, I always knew that my great-grandmother, who we call Granny, um, was was in the realm of the spiritual. And um, she was 96 when she died, and I think I was only in my early 20s. So unfortunately I didn't really know a whole lot about her because unfortunately her daughter, my grandmother, was, um, oh, she was a hard and harsh and cruel woman and she had no time for any of this stuff that her mother was involved in. And unfortunately, she instilled the same stuff in her daughter, which is my mother. But nothing could stop it coming along strongly in my generation. Um, in fact, my both my sister and I, I, you know, were quite strong with it. But uh, Granny was a funny old thing. She was a tiny little bird and she used to wear little, you know, like little school shoes, little beetle crusher shoes. <laughs> she had the tiniest little feet. And she was a strange old duck. She used to, she spent the last 10 years of her life living at Enmore Spiritualist Church, um, which was in uh, just in the back of Newtown there. And she, she was the caretaker. Now, we always thought she, she was just the caretaker. But in fact, she used to run the place and she ran the place for nearly 40 years. So unfortunately, because it wasn't encouraged by the rest of the family, we didn't find, find out about this until um, long after she passed. I think my mum's even been there in that time it's frame. It's in London you know? Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that my mum has been there. Yeah. How far back do you think your mum was there? Um, I'm going to say uh, 25 years. Okay. I think Granny would have passed by then, but it was still, it was a really big and very strong um, church, I guess. Yeah. But Granny, as I said, was a funny old bird. She used to, t she used to trot us to cemeteries all over Sydney to visit with people. <laughs> she didn't know them, but she, um, and she, did, we didn't really know what she was doing there, but we trailed along and, and to some of the most beautiful old cemeteries uh, you know, including the beautiful one at uh, at Waverley that overlooks the beaches. Mm. And I'm um, sorry, that's my dog. And the cemetery at North Ride where the grave of Granny Smith of Apple fame was and lots of others there. So she used to go there to chat to the inhabitants and, you know, this didn't seem unnatural to us. We just, you know, we just assumed that that was what Granny did and that's what happened. So, you, you know, because we were little kids. So, you know, we, we didn't see that there was anything anything different from it. So, you know, there she was. And as I said, she was a member of the Spiritualist Church um, and almost from the founding of it, which was really interesting. And it, it is, I'll get back to my family bits in a minute, but I really just want to go into a bit about the Spiritualist Church 
Um, are you interested in hearing about that? Absolutely. Yes, this is what struck the chord when I first ever talked to you. I think, the, yeah, this this first day you started talking about it and it immediately took my interest, so I'd love to hear about it. I was also talking about the spiritual connection with the book I wrote too, but we'll yes. get to that in a little bit. But Australia has a really interesting and very vibrant history um, in spiritualism. Now, it was it was a really interesting time. It really hit its straps, I guess, in the first uh, the first bit of the twentieth century. So, you know, around the late teens to the mid twenties, um, and that's when it really it was really at its peak. But you know, it was an interesting time to be alive then, if you were lucky enough to be, because the Spanish flu pandemic had just ravaged the world then, almost a hundred years later, and we were doing the same thing with our pandemic. Mm. So at that stage, it was the deadliest pandemic in world history. And I think some 500 million people across the globe got it and up to about 50 50 million deaths. So it was was a huge thing, particularly as it came straight after um, after World War One, and in fact, they think that that's how it started because of the of the spread in troop movements um, during the war. So um, the flu pandemic hit, you know, most of the most of the world. We were very lucky here in Australia, but it certainly did come to us. Um, and it, you know, it was it was like lots of schools and theatres and churches in particular were forced to close. Um, you know, obviously makeshift morgues were were huge, and and you know, it, it didn't really end um, its its march until the the 19, early nineteen twenties. You know, as I said, it was interesting because um, Art Deco was sweeping the world, so the world was really changing quickly. You know, and it, it flourished in particular, I guess. Uh, you know, in Europe and in the states in the twenties and thirties, but. You know, in 1922, there was an all there was an another really interesting th- thing happened, and that was, um, you know, Carter's um, finding of Tutankhamun's um, tomb. Wow! Yes. yes. So we have this impulse happening at this time in history. It was huge. It was huge because we'd come out of the teens, and you know, people wearing really structured clothes and all this to the flappers of the 1920s and all this really mystical stuff happening. So, you know, the Egyptian theme became a really key component of the Art Deco period as well. Yeah. People were wanting something new and they were looking towards the mystic and the romance and trying to move away from traditional spiritual avenues like churches. Yeah. So it was raining and... It, it, it was ever, I mean, we, we I think, are at a fairly comfortable level with our spiritualism now. But back then, I mean, it was taken on at the highest levels. In fact, um, do you know the, um, the author Arthur Conan Doyle who wrote Sherlock Holmes? Yes. He was not only the eminent um, novelist of his era, he was also an avid spiritualist. And, and wildly crazy on it too. He used to give big talks everywhere and draw thousands of people in his crowds. And wow. he visited Australia. And at the time he came here, amongst all of the other locations he went to, he went to Enmore Spiritualist Church where my granny was and she met with him. Wow. I know. What a connection, huh? What a story. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just wished I'd known all this before she died. I mean, I, I would have loved the to know. The conversation. I know. How amazing would it have been? So, you know, I mean, Conan Doyle, though, was he was really, he was really a big proponent of it. He was hooked on it. 
And, um, you know, he wrote many books, in fact, on spiritualism, which is probably less known nowadays than his um, Sherlock Holmes character. But, you know, I mean, the spiritualism was a strange thing then. I guess it was a it was a, a name for a loose connection of creeds that sort of emerged in the in the 19th century and gained momentum, I guess, after the, the publishing of Darwin's Origin of the Species, which really shook the foundations of traditional faiths in the churches. So out of the back end of World War One, spiritual spiritualism really got really got hot and hard. So where did you when you when you came into it, where was it in the time frame of your journey where, you know, I suppose consciously in later life, where you got to find out all of this information? I've only found this stuff out in the last year or so. So Every, wow. every moment of my spiritual journey since I was 53, I'm 63 in about, oh God, a month or so, um, every moment has, has, at every corner I've turned, there's been something new. I mean, I've only found out just recently about, um, you know, the, the whole connection with Immortal Spirituals Church. And, you know, it, it, it was really interesting because spiritualism then was, was really it was really completely different to what we think now. I mean, you've got to write a book. Seen old movies and things, and they you know they loved a seance, and you know there were there were you know there was glowing hands and there was smoke and all that kind of stuff. But they use they used to believe in a myriad of things, including including such strange things as spectral photography or spirit photography, um, yeah. which is you know and. I, Yes, we do that today, but, you know, that's a ghost hunter's sort of thing. But, you know, they thought that the cameras could pick up images the human eyes couldn't. So, um, you know, and, and it was this is particularly driven by people because uh, people who'd lost people in the war because, yeah. you know, people were paying, uh, you know, a shitload of money for photographs of a loved one who died in the war. And it was just an extension of, of I guess, of the practice of, um, the Victorian practice of death photography. So um, it wasn't much of a stretch then for people to start believing that that all these other things could happen, including the existence of fairies. Yeah. So you, I, I don't know if you remember, there was a very famous case around the 20s of some girls, young girls who'd photographed fairies in the backyard. Yes, I do remember that story, yeah. And, and Conan Doyle really believed in that, as did many of the people back then. But, you know, he was a torchbearer. And, and it, was, it was, you know, they, had, they believed in mediums and trance talkers, spirit photography, fairies, anything connected with it. And th- there was one particular they liked that they called an apport medium. That's A-double-P-O-R-T. And they believed that apport mediums could bring objects to themselves by passing them through distances and walls. So they counted amongst their, their treasures that they would bring to them, um, you know, artefacts like Assyrian written tablets, tortoises, live birds, jewels, you know, ancient coins, Arabic newspapers, Egyptian scarabs, all these manifestations. And in, in one particular case, in, in a book that Conan Doyle wrote, um, he talked about one of the manifestations being a live shark tangled in seaweed. Wow. So, so you know, it's <laughs> Fascinating. really out there. Did you find um, through, through you know, hearing about this this whole story, like 
I listen to this and I think um, through my own experience of what I've read and heard and seen on TV, um, there's a very theatrical element to it as well, isn't absolutely, there? Absolutely, absolutely, yes. You know, and, and hence the, the archetypal image you see of a medium wearing the big gold turban with the jewels at the front yeah. and the flowing robes and, you know, the, the the crystal ball and all that kind of stuff. So, yes, it was just, it was it was a, a, enormous. And, you know, they, they also thought that there was this thing called... Um, photography um which is like you know psychic photography and that was where um people cl- claim to be able to burn images from the mind into photo photographic film by parapsychic means so you know it's just it's just wild what was going on it was really rampant and i guess that's the sort of thing that that you know we're much more educated now obviously because we've got a we've got a um an internet that tells us all this stuff but when you're going off the back of a world war and a pandemic and you're hearing these exciting things, you know, it's just, it's it's a really interesting thing. It's just that, you know, the world was really opening up to, to something really different. Oh, you are a wealth of information on this. <laughs> you need to write a book, Terry. Well, in fact, I have been thinking about doing that because um, I've, I've been in contact with um, some of the people from Enmore Spiritualist Church. And I've been researching Conan Doyle and um, and what what he did. In fact, as I said, he came to Australia. He he wrote a particular book, The Wandering Wanderings of a Spiritualist, um, on his journey to Australia, which is really an interesting read. So, yes, that's that's on my list. That's on my list. But you know, I can't help thinking how chuffed the old granny would have been um, to know to have known that I became a medium. Well, I'm sure she's had a hand in it. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it, it, as I said, yes, you said probably she probably does. But, you know, channeling family is very difficult for me. I it don't is. know about other mediums, but, yeah, yeah. really it's, difficult I, stuff. I occasionally have family members pop in more in dream visitation states, I have to be honest I really really feel them when they visit in dreams and they they're very clear you know the difference between a dream and a visitation so that's when members pop in but yeah I I don't have that that very strong connection like I do with clients Mm. um, family members and I I believe that's for a reason oh absolutely Um, because you know we'd second guess ourselves anyway absolutely absolutely strange you mentioned that the dream stuff I mean I, as I said, this is this has really come come out in my sister and I's generation. Yeah, I'm the medium, but my sister doesn't hear and see that I like I do. But she has really prophetic dreams. She has the very strong ge- uh, dreams, and I don't get those. I've only ever had a couple of them, and one had to do with a book that I had written. I'll, I'll talk a bit more about that in a few minutes, but. Um, you know, it, it was really an odd thing because, you know, her daughter, her, her and her daughter used to have the same sort of dreams on the same nights. Yeah. So they were really getting fed this stuff, um, I guess, through the, through the universe. But um, I, I don't really have the ability to do that at all. Yeah. Well, we all have those different avenues that we really hone in with, don't we? And that's the really interesting thing about mediumship and about spiritualism. You know, I I have a lady who was my mentor, and I'll get around to how I met her in just a moment. But, um, you know, at one stage I said to her, look, how do you see somebody who's taken their own life? 
And she said, I see a photograph of them and then they turn their head to the side. And she said, mm. well, how do you see it? And I said, I don't see it. I feel it. I, yeah. I'm an empath, so I feel very strongly. And I've got a patch of a patch of skin under my ponytail on the top of my head that fires up with the goosebumps the moment I've got someone with me who's done that. Yeah. So each medium, each person has their own language. And we, that's why people don't know that they're actually receiving messages. Because do they, you know... Sorry to interrupt you. I was just going to add to that. Um, It's interesting that you say that about suicide in particular because I have just discovered and I've been doing this actually my entire life and my mother's a medium and my great-grandmother and, you know, similar to you, um, family lineage stuff. And I only just discovered the other day with a client a week ago, in fact, that a particular kind of goosebumps, a particular particular kind of ice cold chill through my entire body Mm -hmm. actually means that and I said god the last time this happened actually uh I was reading a client and I I you know I I discovered that um her son had suicided Mm -hmm. um and the other time that that happened uh another client's son had been murdered right and then last week there you go that's that's your that's your signal there that's right that's my signal so exactly we all have these different Mm. um communication points where the spiritual world helps us to connect to that particular message yeah you know, it's like it's like um, everybody has a different language, um, yeah. and we've just got to interpret what the language is to ourselves, and then can try and convey that to a client. But we've got to learn our own language first. So, that, yeah, to everybody, the first thing I would say is the moment you get a patch of goosebumps, particularly on the arms, for no reason at all. Just listen to the crazy thing that pops into your head because someone is there wanting to connect with you. It's so funny as well that we're talking about this now because I'm running a spiritual development masterclass online at the moment, Terry. And um, tomorrow night's topics are for the people tuning into all their clear senses and also the difference between psychic abilities and mediumship and yep. and so on and so forth so yeah it's i love that you're talking about this right now it's very timely absolutely absolutely you know it's just um it's as i said as we all said as we, sorry as we both said um there's different signals and all that kind of stuff and i get them through uh, all kinds of means you know, I, um, you know, I, I use a combination of all the abilities I've got. I've got all of the clear senses. So yeah. to anyone out there who doesn't know what that means, I have, I have smell, I have taste, I have, um, you know, the uh, the hearing, I have the whole lot of it. So, you know, it's, it's good sometimes, but um, other times, as I said, I'm an empath. So if I get someone through that's had a heart attack, I can feel my heart banging like it's having a heart attack. But... <coughs> You know, if I've had someone that's died, um, let's say, in a vehicle accident, I can actually taste blood in my mouth and things like that. Yeah, same. Yeah. You, you same Do with you? Know, you? Yeah, same with me. Yeah, I, I literally just, as I was writing up my um, thing for yesterday, for tomorrow, my, my lesson plan, I was writing that exact example. <laughs> 
the blood in the mouth yeah. taste. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just as an example, you know, or a smell. It could be um, a beautiful smell like a perfume yes. or a flower. Yes. Or it could be equally a terrible smell. It could be, um, you know, the smell of alcohol if, yeah. you know, that was the person. Or it could be um, if somebody had knocked themselves out in the car on purpose. Yeah. It could be the smell of exhaust fumes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I have, um, I, you know, I've had people through that have had a smokers I hate, I hate them most because <laughs> yeah. I get the hacking in my chest and I get that dirty ashtray in the mouth thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really awful. So try and stay away from those. Yeah. But, um, but you know, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's fascinating stuff. It really is. But, you know, anybody can do this. I mean, not to the strength that, that some of us have, but, um, you know, some of these things, for me in particular, it was triggered by probably the worst uh, worst event in my life. And from that moment on, you know, I mean, I was, um, I, as I said, I was in the military and I was bullied to within an inch of my life. And I mean that, you know, mm. I, I was on the verge of, of suicidal ideation. And um, somebody who'd come into my life, you know how people come in for a season or a reason? Yeah. This woman had come into my life and she said, go and see this lady. I know she's a medium. I went to see her. She said, look, you know, everything's going to be okay. Um, You know, because I I didn't work for two years. I thought I was going to lose my house, all that kind of stuff. But she said to me, I'm doing a training course next week. Why don't you come along? And by the end of that training course, which was about four hours, I was standing on the stage reading the crowd. Wow. Wow. So door open, that's it. Never going back. What an initiation. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was incredible. <laughs> and you know, I'm I was I was really, really happy and really pleased that it came to me. And uh, I think last year I had a really bad stinky old flu and I couldn't feel or hear anything and I felt deprived. I felt like I was in a jail cell. Yeah. So I never would have that again. I never you. want to lose it again, despite the fact that they are incredibly annoying at times. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like a blessing and a curse at, at the same time, but you wouldn't be without it, oh would you? Oh, my God, no, absolutely no. not. But, you know. And I mean, God, yeah. I've seen you read and I know that you are bang on, you know. Well, thank you. That's um, that's nice. But as I said, I use a combination of everything. I mean, you know, all the clairs and the mediumship, and the psychometry. So, I, I mean, I love psychometry, object reading. It's it's fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, cartography as well, all the card readings. But, I do, you know, I don't like reading um, tarot cards because everybody thinks they know what a tarot card means. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> so I use them with a combination of other things because people don't get that, yes, okay, the card has a meaning, but it's not that about that. It's about what they're saying, what their story yeah. is together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a whole picture. And I think that, you know, tarot cards, because I do use cards, tarot cards in conjunction with mediumship. Yeah. Not not at all because I need it, but just because I People find that a lot of it. Yeah. A lot of clients love that visual. Yeah. And I say, look, the tarot cards are really good for here and now and looking forward. This is nothing about your loved one's past. This is nothing about the messages really that they've got. This is more about what's happening now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, of course there are glimpses of the past in those, but 
it's really interesting because, yes, it's a story and one mm. card means something completely independently, Absolutely. but then within a spread of 12 or whatever it is, yeah. it's got an entirely different meaning and then also it's just a tool. So yes. we're working with everything that we have and know and bring and hear that's communicated from the spiritual world Absolutely. and then bringing that through. And, and I suppose that's the difference when mediums work with those tools as well. Because Absolutely. I, I often triggers. find that the, the 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 people will step back um, when I've got the cards in front of me and when something is really important in the cards, really important for them, they'll straight back into me and go, yeah. this is, we, we really need you to know this. It's really, really important. Yeah, very so, much so. Yeah. So it's, um you know, it's a spiritual intelligence that we're trying to get together to provide a holistic I guess interpretation. So, have you, Terry? Have you done many? Um, have you done many buildings like tours? No, I haven't really. Um, I, I've only done. I guess I've done a couple of houses, but you know, I guess my journey hasn't taken me there yet. But um, I often do. Do you know Pete Banks? No. Pete runs a ghost tours. Um company and it, it's fascinating she goes to places like the old Parramatta jail and all that kind of thing and she has a, a fair on once a year at the jail and it's oh it's, is that one coming up um I think it's it's around November October October November yeah I was I think invited it's the end of October. that day by a paranormal <laughs> friend of mine that yep. does uh she does paranormal ghost hunt things and she is um she invited me that to that one today. So interesting. Yeah. So what about Pete? Please go along to it. Please go along to it. Um, okay. Look, the last time um, she sits us, when we do the readings there, we do them in cells. So the feelings wow. that we're getting there are really, oh. yeah, really full on. But then when I did a, uh, I did a platform event and, you know, for those who don't know what platforming is, it's when the, when the medium stands on stage and reads the crowd. And um, I do that bit in the in the chapel, so the stuff that comes through there is completely different than what's happening in the in the cell blocks. Oh, I'd love to see that. I'd love <laughs> to see that. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's cell really blocks. Good. I don't. I don't even know if I could handle it. Hey, because I'm also such an empath. And um, yep. oh, you wow. just you just got to tell. I mean, if for anyone who doesn't know who their who their person is that's looking after them. Then do the whole thing where you go down the um, the whole med meditation thing. I'm not a meditator, you know. I I, yeah. I need monkey meditation, you know, five seconds and then I'm out, you know. Yeah. But once on a little guided journey, I found out who my um, who my person was that looks after me, and I've known I've known him for years. In and you know, a lot of people go, oh, you know, it's it's Cleopatra or it's a Indian chief, or it's, <laughs> you know, white feather. And I'm like, you know, my guy is a middle aged Jewish man who died in the Holocaust. Yeah, you know, so he protects me, and I count on him to protect me when I'm in dangerous places like that. Yeah, like, like in the jails, things like that. Yeah. So yeah, he's part of your spirit him. team. Sorry? He's definitely part of your spirit team. You've got to find him and you've got to put him to work. So you <laughs> don't have to worry about that bit. Yeah, yeah I've, I've, really, I've really started to get a grip on 
on connecting in that way in the last couple of years because I think before that I was much more exposed and I'd come out fried. Whereas in the last two years I just – I do not come out fried at all anymore, which is great, but it's still like an energy, like a jail, which is such a, you know, I mean, it's, it's quite vomitous. Yes, it is. I mean, apart from that, I've done done a a couple of other, you know, haunted houses with her, but no, I haven't done terribly much building stuff, but I'm, I'm really interested in doing some more because it's, it's fascinating. It is fascinating. Yeah. I did. I've done some, um, I've done some house and land clearings also with a team of people and it's incredible I actually really love land clearing is that right yeah I I really connect to that so um that is you know because a lot of things will come up based on what's happened on the land yeah absolutely and you know so somebody could have a brand new house mm. and it's like, what's going on? This is a brand new house. No, but it's the land. Yes. Yeah. Actually, you know, um, just as an aside, have you ever seen the show Ghosts? Yeah. it's That's what that story is. It's all the people that have died on that land and they're all living together. It's a great show. If no one's seen it, yeah. there's an American and a British version both are fabulous. They're, yeah, they are fabulous. Yeah. I, but, yeah hilarious, but actually. But it's like from um, cavemen to, you know, <laughs> to the modern day. So it's aristocrats it's, and yeah. all sorts. Yeah. It's <laughs> but, so you know, funny. I, I did a haunted house once with Pete, and, um, and it was fascinating because I was in a room, and small groups would cycle in and out of the room. And at one stage, these two guys came in, and you'll laugh your heads off with this. They had these, um, you, you know, you know the Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. Now they have those. Oh, I don't know, PKE. You know, valence. You know, where the little arms lift up the side when when a, a spirit's around. Yeah, yeah. These guys had electrical meters doing the same sort of thing, and what used to happen when I first started was that I used to close my eyes when when I was channeling people because. It's really weird to look people in the face and be talking to dead people in your head. Mm. So I'd close my eyes and when I was doing that and and, um, people were coming through, the meters that these guys had were going crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first time I'd seen anything like that and that was fascinating. Yeah. I I haven't actually seen something like that. That's the first and only time I'd seen it. But as I said, I haven't been in that environment environment a whole lot. I'd love to, yeah. I'd love to do more of it. Yeah, yeah. I that's why I think I was asking you because I'm sort of like <laughs> I actually see that you you do do that stuff. Well, take me somewhere. Let's go, let's, let's go somewhere <laughs> together then and see what well, happens. <laughs> maybe we've got to hit up my paranormal friend that's got all this. She's got all this gear and it's fascinating, actually. If you go back and listen to episode three, it's it's there's a of my podcast, there's an interview with her and she's got some fabulous stories I think you'd love. Yeah. yeah. Well, get, yeah, so that's, get Pete Banks on at some stage too. She's the boss yes. of that thing. And, um, I'll have to. You should, get a ho- you should get a couple of us on yeah, at the same could- time. Yes, the conversation, all yeah. oh, the lights just flicker then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, folks, is another sign that they are there. You know, yep. <laughs> my, my, um, sadly, my beautiful niece passed, um, you know, the week before she turned 30. Oh and my God. yeah, we connected, um, 
we connected, uh, I guess it was cockatoos with her and the, the last day of her life she was um, feeding cockatoos, you know, uh, on a lawn. Yeah. And the, the day of her funeral, um, no, yes, the day of her funeral I was staying at my sister's house and um, my brother-in-law went out the front yard and we heard this God Almighty groan and, you know, he was just, he'd broken down and we rushed out and there was a flock of cockatoos sitting on the front lawn. It had never happened before. Wow. So she was bringing them. And I tell yeah. you what, I did, I did, um, Pete used to do the, um, her, her fairs in, there was an old, I want to say power station, I'm not entirely sure, up at up at Casula, Casula, I think just before, just before Parramatta, I'm not sure. Is um, that that water tower? Yes, yes. Yeah, I know the one, yeah. And um, one day I'd been reading all day and a as you said before, you know, when you start off, it really drains the life out of you. But once you're into it, you really feed off the energies. Like I'll read all day and then I'll come home. I'll be so up that I yeah. can't sleep. And then, you know, I'm up till about two or three and the next day I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a, a, in a world of hurt because I'm just <laughs> exhausted. But I came out of this, um, this fair this day and I was walking to my car and, I, look, I swear, as God made little green apples, I heard a cockatoo flew over my head, I mean, within a metre of the top of my head, and screeched, and the screech said, Terry. <laughs> and I you believe know, you. <laughs> I knew that that was my Chloe looking after me. Yeah. But the other weird thing that happened was my sister's doorbell hadn't worked for 25 years. And, again, the day of the funeral, people, you know, the guy arrived with flowers and rang the doorbell and we just looked at each other. We couldn't believe wow. it. And the doorbell yeah. worked. So electronic stuff, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The electronic stuff. Oh, I've got some good stories about electronics. I had, a, I had a client that used to come over quite often and I, I've always got the um, – you know, the, the Foxtel music channel on in the background, yeah. like the mood music. Yeah. And three times that she came over, the music turned itself to Aboriginal music. And I'm talking about the didge and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, what the hell's going on? And the third time it happened, I said to her, look, do you, do you have any Aboriginal relatives? And she said, yes, I've only just found out about it. There we go. Yeah, the three they're times that she's been. In, they're making the communication. Yeah. They're making it known. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I was really I interested because story. what they showed me was um, a man and then a line behind him going back and back and back and back and back. So it, it was it was kind of interesting, that one. Really yeah. interesting. But, you know, but back to the whole thing about, you know, stuff being symbolic, you know, um, you, you might see a bunch of flowers and you know that that has a particular meaning or or whatever, you know, that because they speak in a different speed and a different language and, you know, we all just need to tune in to find out what our language is. I mean, I used to um, have a little notebook and when I had a, a something happen, I would write it down and then I realised that there was a pattern. Yeah. So then I started to listen and the thing about mediumship is it's like seat of the pants stuff. I mean, I shit myself every time I go up on stage. Yeah. Like, what happens if no one will come through, <laughs> you know? 
But I just have to relax and know that every time someone will come through, I've just got to listen to them. And the thing is that it's like automatic writing. You don't listen to your smart brain because every single time your smart brain will do you in. No, that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense. You've you've (laughs) got to say the crazy thing that first comes into your head and some of the stuff's really embarrassing because I find that the dead people all want to pull the piss out of people. (laughs) They have a laugh of them and they make me tell stories that are really embarrassing. I I get that too, the really uncomfortable (laughs) things and I'll crack up and I'll go, oh, my God. Um, like yesterday I had a client and her grandmother brought through the funniest story and I was like oh god I feel so uncomfortable saying this telling retelling this story but I have to you know (laughs) I can't not I have to and she just she laughed and cried at the same time she's like oh my god you know I mean I had this I had this poor woman in the crowd she was in a on a stall at one of the fairs and I said to her look I'm sorry I've got your brother here and he says you're a shit cook (laughs) <laughs> she just started to laugh and she said, I am a shit cook. <laughs> but I've had, I've had some really weird stuff that comes through. And, and and this is what I mean about saying the crazy stuff that just comes into your head. I, I When you're on stage, you get, you get a feeling. I get a runway and it's like I look at a particular runway, like there's it might be on an angle, it might be straight, um, yeah. and I know that someone along that runway has this message coming through. Yeah, I can usually find who it is straight away. But there was this one time I had, um, I had this woman. I said, "Look, uh, you know, I, I know this is going to sound strange, and I say that a lot. And I should realize by now it's all strange." Yeah. But I said to this woman, "Look, I've got, um, I've got a brother figure here," and she said, "Oh yes, my my brother passed." And I said, "You're not going to believe this, but he's he's bringing through goats." And everyone started to laugh and, and she started to laugh and then she started to cry. And I said, what's um, what's the meaning? And she said, my brother didn't believe in any of this stuff and I did. And, and they said they had they had goats when they were when they were kids. And he said, if I ever come through, I'm gonna bring oh a gosh. goat with me. Love it. <laughs> Love it. And you know, I ran into that lady um quite some time later at another fair and she came and had a reading and and I, I said, look, I've got your mother here. And she said, oh, really? And I said, yeah. I said, what's wrong? She said she only passed a week ago. And I said, look, I'm really sorry, but she's really worried. And she said, what's she worried about? And I said, she's got a box and the box is really important and she wants you to know about the box. And she said, look, I have no idea what any of that means. Like four days later, I get a phone call and she says, I know what the box is. And I said, well, what? She said, I went to the crematory to pick up mum's remains and then got home and, uh, you know, five minutes after I got there, there was a call off the crematory saying you'd left half of your mum here in a box. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) It's kooky stuff like that and they laugh at it. They really do laugh at it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my no, lord! I, I mean, I get lots of animals too. Do you get animals? I do. I get animals. Most common animals would have to be horses, dogs, um, cats. You know, like pets. They're yeah. the most common animals that come through. Like people's connected um, animals, yeah. uh, familiars as well. Sometimes, yes, absolutely. And but, also spirit animals, like spirit totems. So, I, for I example, that. I don't get that, but I wonder sometimes whether the animal that's coming through is their spirit totem. Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, I can see that connection as well. Because yeah. my my first dog I had when I was a kid, Fritzy McTavish Fairbairn, who was a little sausage dog. <laughs> when animals used to come into me, he used to bring them in. This is when I was first starting, and he used to leap in with another dog or another cat or whatever, and say, "Hey, you know, this one's here. You need to talk to them." Um, he doesn't have to do that anymore because you know, as you go on, your your senses mature, and you don't need some of the signals that you used to have to get. So, I mean, one day I was doing this reading for a family at their house and I said, look, I said, I've got a snake coming through. And the guy says, oh, oh, yeah, you know, we we used to have snakes. He said, there's one of the old tanks over there. And I just thought it was a fish tank. (laughs) And I said, well, look, this snake is showing me a skull and crossbones. I said, what the hell does that mean? I mean, did he have like you know, a pattern on his on his scales that look like a skull and crossbones. And he said, oh, I've got no idea. And then, you know, his wife came into the into the room. She'd been out making a cuppa. And she and he said, Dales, what, what does this mean? And she went to the sideboard without saying anything. She went to the sideboard and she pulled this thing out and it was a bloody flag from Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, my God. And it was a skull and crossbones. And she used to use that as a blanket over the top of his tank. Oh my gosh! You know, I love it. Yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? But so and much you know, fun. No matter how many times I do this over all of my lifetime, it never ceases to amaze me. I am positively astonished every time <laughs> that something comes through. Isn't it incredible? It's yep. still, it still shocks the shit out of me. I still love it, but and I'm like, so what specific too? Yes. You know, I remember I had these two ladies and and I said to them, oh, my gosh, I've got someone he passed and I had real trouble breathing. And I said, it's not it's not asthma, it's not a chest thing, but I said, I, I feel like I've drowned and I've got a head injury here. And she said, my husband um, died in a boat accident and he hit his head and then he drowned. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they're super clear like that, but yeah. sometimes they're like, oh, they're throwing your bone here and they throw yeah. your bone there and then you've got to try and, and you've got to store yeah. it together. It's so interesting. I was actually just saying that to my husband today. We were driving to a funeral today. And um, so we had this family friend funeral on today and I was actually telling him this story about not the details but the theme of this client I read for yesterday and I said, wow, it was just so powerhouse. Like some readings, just pretty much what you said then, Terry, some readings, you know, they'll give you images and symbols yeah. and you've got to really work for it and piece it together. And and um, it makes sense to the client, but to you it's a bit like, what does this mean? But yesterday this one was so absolutely clear. You know, it couldn't have yeah. been clear. And, and occasionally you have ones that are just yes. so easy and it just, it, it's so it's just so easy, yeah. you know. Other and, times, um, it's, it's hard other times you're going, help me piece this puzzle together. They're yeah. showing me this. They're saying this. And what I wonder, I wonder if it's like, you know, also, you know, when the energy comes through so strong, like I was reading um, earlier in April at an event and I haven't had this happen for about, I don't know, 15 years, and the table started to shake. Oh, interesting. And the woman looked at me she her her jaw dropped open her mm-hmm. eyes popped out and she started crying and goes oh my god looking into my eyes my son and she looked like she'd seen a ghost yeah and i had to just hold her hands i was in this really 
really, I don't know, centered space. And I said, it's okay. Yes. You know, it's okay. He's here. And, but I don't know if through my face and eyes, she could see something that I couldn't see. I, I would not doubt that at all. You know, it's um, interesting the the physical things that happen like that. I haven't had a huge amount of them happen, but you know, I've had p- people come through um, who don't speak English and who've given me words, and I've said these words, and I have no idea what they mean. But you know, yes. the the person I had a Yugoslavian go, what used to be Yugoslavian. And I was telling him words from a song that his grandmother used to sing to him as a child. But, you know, the the <coughs> physical stuff, I, I was at my mother's place one day and, as I said, my, um, my mother and my grandmother have this, but my grandmother was a denier and my mother just, you know, never really believed. And, and she's like, for the whole of her life, she's, oh, you know, I can't sleep properly, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you can't sleep properly because you don't know how to stop the dead people coming to you annoying you all night. Because <laughs> she still didn't believe me. And then I was at her place one day and we were talking about her sister uh, and there'd been, a you know, a huge falling out in the family, you know, when somebody tried to make some changes to somebody else's will, you know what yeah. happens and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so my mother said, um, you know, I was staying at my sister's house this one time. She said, sleeping over. And she said, I got up in the morning and, um, and you know, my sister came out and she was heading to the toilet and she farted all the way like a machine gun. <laughs> and we both started to laugh. And when I was laughing, I felt the darkness come over me and I went, oh, my God. Um, I said, Fred's here. And that was her husband who'd passed. And at that exact moment, this huge cut crystal vase that was sitting 15 feet away on a flat kitchen bench exploded wow absolutely exploded because when people if someone's got a little bit of ability and they're talking to me they will feel it because we act like speakers like amplifiers yeah and this is what happened with my mother. This thing just blew and it was just it was just a crazy thing. It and did she at that point acknowledge it or did she just wish we was were you all just like what? Well, she totally got it. But again, I mean, regardless of that, she refused to do anything about yeah. it. So yeah. you know, she still can't sleep properly. <laughs> <laughs> so you know this is the important safety tip kids if they're pushing at you learn the language and and let them in if you yeah. don't want them to come in then find your guide and say get the hell out of here so for me when i'm working i'm on when i'm not working i say don't come to me don't come yep. to me sometimes they do though they nag when it's someone it's you know they really yeah important desperate to get to like you know I was in a bottle shop one day and you know buying my wine and um and I go to this young fellow and I'm and I went oh god what and he looked at me (laughs) like I was a crazy person I said look I'm really sorry I said I'm I'm a medium and and I've got this young man here and um he really wants to talk to you he you know, he, you know, the guy had a shocked look on his face, obviously. And I said, look, he passed in a motorcycle accident and he started to cry. And mm, and I was yeah. just, oh, oh, my God, what have I done? And he said, my brother died last week in Italy on a motorcycle. Oh, my God. So, you know, brother was and that's desperate for him to know that he was okay. That's right. It's so important when those yeah. moments emerge, aren't they? Like he just... 
you have to go with it sometimes. You know, and, and as I said, you know, as we said earlier, family's really hard to get. You know how my family get to me? When I'm on stage reading a crowd, sometimes I go, you know, I've got this man here and he's blah, 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 and no one answers me. I'm going, come on, people, because once I've got one, if no one acknowledges it, they won't let me let it go until I yeah. find the person. Yeah. And this particular day, strangely, my sister was in the crowd and she never comes to any of the gigs. And she's like, she was filming it and she dropped the camera and said, Terry, that's Uncle Bill. The next oh moment, the God. next second I hear my I hear my father, my father's been dead for 50 years. I hear my father saying, I'm here too. And then the moment later I I, I heard my niece saying, We're here together. Oh and my goodness. Because I'm on stage, I'm out of my own space. So they know that yeah. like I'm just gonna say what I hear rather than trying to second guess myself. Yeah. But you know, it, it, you know, we were talking about the family thing before. Um, that and, and how I think I might write a book about this whole Enmore Spiritualist Church thing. I was and I and I've told you this story. I um, as I said, my dad passed 50 years ago, but um, I only learnt I think five years ago now that he was involved in the most extraordinary event, and it has never been spoken about. He was well after the event. It, 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 it just one of those incredible story that's been forgotten to history. And um, it was one Friday night. I'd been out for a few vino relaxos and, um, you know, I'd left the phone at home and my sister had been trying to ring me. And I got home and I go, what? What on earth? Why have I got 30 missed calls? What's going on? She said, "My aunt, one of our aunties rang us and said, Terry, you, fa- you know, Leonie, Terry, your father's picture's in the paper. And we're like, how could our father's picture be in the paper? He's been dead for 45 years. Anyway, so Leonie says to me, she was down at Nowra at that stage. She had a, an on-site van in a caravan park down there. So I raced out to get a paper, grabbed a paper, sat in the car and went, oh, my God. There was a story. You know, though, in, the, in some of the papers they have um, in history today? Yeah. 50 years ago on that day, yeah. um, my father had been in an in a incident on a ship a ship had sunk off the coast of Nowra, where my sister was, um, in the most extraordinary cyclone. It was a Category 10 cyclone. Don't get any worse than Category 10. Yeah. And so the ship's gone down. There were four survivors out of 17 men, and my father was one of them. Now, I knew nothing about the story other than the fact that he'd been you know, on, a, on some sort of ship and there was some sort of thing happened because I was five when it happened. So I started to explore and and Leonie and I couldn't believe it. And in, the day we found out was the twen- was the, the 50th anniversary of the sinking. We of were course. Talking, we were talking at 10 past 10. At 20 past 10, we went, oh, my God, this is happening 50 years ago now. 20 past 10, as I learnt later, the ship rolled and went down. You know, so she said, can you channel Gordy, you know, Gordon, a dad? And I'm like, yeah. I can't do family. It's it's so hard. Yeah. So so we, we needed a little bit of, um, how do I say this, liquid lubrication. <laughs> so we cracked a bottle. Um, and because I was then a little bit more out of my space, um, I said, okay, let's give it a crack. I said, you write, I'll just talk. Yeah. So I started to talk. 
And I said to her, oh, my God, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I, I, I can't stay afloat. I can't stay afloat. I, you know, I'm, uh, you know, the, full of water. I'm full of water. My, my, my you know, my, my, um, what is it? What are the, you, not the straight jacket. What is it called? Yeah. Life jacket. Life jacket. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> my life jacket. Because back in then, back in those days, the life, ja life jackets were made out of K-pop. Now, K-pop is a natural fiber, which is a great water repellent. But once it gets waterlogged, it's like a ton of bricks around your neck. Yeah. So um, he thought he was drowning in this thing. And then he said, yeah, then I said, I, I can hear a rotor. He's saying, I can hear a rotor. I can hear a rotor. I know they're looking for us. And so she wrote all this stuff down. And I don't know what happens with you, but what happens with me is that once it comes out, I don't remember it. Yeah. Does that happen to you too? My mum, well, my mother's an automatic writer. So it happens to her. I'm an automatic definitely. speaker. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's a weird thing. So the next day I talked to her and I said, you know, what did I say? And so I wrote down what she'd said and I started investigating. And um, what we found out, actually, what we found out the next day was the last of the four survivors was in Nara that wow. weekend that my sister was there to um, give all his memorabilia to the Naval Air Museum um, because it was the Navy um, naval choppers that saved them. He was dying of cancer and we, we managed to get in contact with the museum and then he said, look, Sam's left, but he's coming back next week. So they, the, the local news down there had done a story on him handing over his memorabilia. And the next week they were so excited because here's the Fairbairn family and we're doing a story on them meeting with Sam. But we found out so much. It was just incredible. Have you been to Nara? I have. I live in Shell Harbour. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> You've got to come down. We've you, got to go down together. You know the chopper on the stick? Yeah. That is the hero helicopter that saved my father. I know. That is incredible. I had never you known that. You cannot make this stuff no, up. No, absolutely not. Did not know anything about that. So we got to meet Sam and Sam started telling me stories and I said, keep saying to him, why, why hasn't anybody, why isn't this written down somewhere? Yeah. And so I started researching and, and I, you know, I was just looking casually and then stuff started coming to me, you know. Like uh, someone would get in contact with me or something. I put it, I made a little page on Facebook. Feels like there's two books here, Terry. <laughs> well, it, yeah, the How It Happened book. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it was, it started, you know, stuff started being pushed to me. And I put an, um, I put an advert in the, as I said, I was in the military, um, in the veterans newspaper saying, look, was there anybody who knows anything about this event? because I know that one of the battleships went down to try and um, get to them as well. And it was the, um, it, it, you know, it was one of the one of the key ships at that time. It was the Vendetta. There was the Vendetta, the Vampire and the Voyager. You know, the Voyager was this terrible, tragic story. But, um, yeah, and, and, and people started coming to me. And the more that people started coming to me, more people started coming. And I, and I got... The most incredible stories. I I met the 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 I met the sister of the man who was the captain on the ship that sank. I met men that were on the um, HMS Vendetta who had to try and pull the bodies out of the water. I met um, 
oh my God, all kinds of people. It was just astonishing the stuff that came to me. And when I when I started getting this, I thought, oh, you know, I, I learned that there was a maritime inquiry. So I took myself out to the to the state records office and I got the inquiry. I was the first one to get these records since the event had happened in 1965. Wow. And the weird thing was, or it's not weird, but I'm opening, I'm reading through it and I can hear my father's voice in those words because it's like Fairbairn said this. And um, the stuff I learned was amazing. And what I heard the night I was channeling was, um, was the story. And he repeated this in one of the comments he made. You know, he said we were in the water, we were separated, there were only four of us, two of them made it to a... Um, a life raft. The other two were in the water on their own, and he said he was almost at the stage of giving up because they were in the water in over twelve hours. And he said, in the dark of night, he heard the rotors overhead, and he says, "I know they're looking for me." And then what I found out from my research was that there was a hero a hero pilot, and this man unfortunately was the first pilot to die in Vietnam, which is terribly tragic. But he said, I, I, it was a, mind you, this is a Category 10 cyclone. He said, I'm going to take a chopper out. And they're like, you, you can't take a chopper out in this weather. But he said, I'm, I'm taking it out. You know, I can't get to anyone, but if they can hear me, they'll yeah. know we're looking for them and they'll hang on. And that's what my father did. Wow. So all this stuff started happening. And what I found was just incredible. I mean, you know, he was so exhausted at one stage, he had to hang on to the dead body of one of his mates just to stay afloat. And about four o'clock in the morning, it was ripped out of his arms by a white pointer. You know? Oh, and I just, I, you know, you feel you told me this, the story before, and I, every time I imagine this, I'm like, can you imagine? Mm. Can you imagine? No, you can't. You it can't is that it. close to you. Yeah. How would you feel? I mean, I'd probably die of fright. Uh, me too. Me too. But he had to hang on for another eight hours after that. And, you That's know, Jervis Bay is really quite heavily shark infested. It is. Oh, <laughs> yeah, a, it is. <laughs> not a nice place to be, you know, hanging out in, no. the, um, in the water. So wow, it's a Terry. Really interesting story, but you know, it wouldn't have come about had I not uh, had my sister not give me a, a poke in the guts that day and said, "Look, yeah, you know, get Gordy through. Let's get some liquid lubricant." Yes. <laughs> so, um, so I wrote the book. I absolutely wrote the book, and and now I'm trying to turn it into a screenplay because it's just it's oh, one of those Australian stories fabulous. that needs to be told. You know, yeah. it would be lost, and you know what. Everybody knows a story about this or like this. These stories are hidden in families that, um, yeah. you know, and they'll just be lost to posterity unless we, you know, we do something or find something. So, you know, if anyone out there is, is a medium or does anything like this, if you hear a story, encourage the people to look into it. And if anybody out there listening is a, a screenplay writer um, <laughs> or a book publisher, that's right. Yeah. Anything like that, maybe the connection needs to be made here so it can be put up on the screen somehow because I want to see that movie. <laughs> Quite possibly, yes. That's the way to do it. <laughs> Thank uh, you so much, oh, hang on, hang Terry. On. Just, have we got a couple more minutes? We've got a couple more minutes. Okay. Yeah. I know that I haven't stopped talking and I apologise <laughs> for everyone. That, Don't apologise. At least, at least I'm incredible. not singing, which could be way worse. 
<laughs> I just I just wanted to go. I, I, I wrote for a client a few weeks ago, you know, how do I find this stuff in myself? So I, I took some time and I wrote a whole lot of stuff down and I'm happy to give this to you to send to anyone if they want it. But it's like how to recognise this stuff in yourself and it's the first point is through people. You know, it, it comes to us in the form of people. So you don't ask how it happens, but as I said with my book, people are vehicles to get certain messages to us and it could be entirely random, you know, and, and but, but it'll happen. So just yes. try and pay attention to it. It's a key, so try and follow it because uh, it is a sign and it's a strong sign. So, you know, um, the, the next thing is synchronicity and this also happened with the book. Once I started listening, all the stuff started coming to Dropping me. in, yeah. You know, it was coincidental, it was serendipitous, it was just, you know, it was just bizarre how this stuff was coming, but it was so powerful. And the way the, the universe communicates with you is entirely, entirely powerful. But as I said, most of us don't really know how to how to listen to that. So, you know, you know how... You know, you're thinking of a buddy and, and all of a sudden the phone goes and it's yeah. That's the sort of thing, you know. This you know, is what the magic's made of. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's as small as things like that, you know. Listen to your gut. But the third thing is numbers. And, you know, I'm not just talking about numerology here, but, you know, but numerology can be quite important. We all know about angel numbers, you know, 1111 yeah. repeating numbers and stuff like that. But, you know, you might see the sequence of numbers in the same place everywhere. Like threes are really important to some people or 28 or whatever. And you'll see it on numbers, on, on, on license plate, or you keep coming across the same number pattern. So, you know, pay attention to them because they could be the thing that like unlocks stuff for you. That's right. The same with music. Uh, we've talked about, you know, electronic stuff and, and that's like, you know, lights, it could be TVs, it could be anything. But, you know, have you ever heard a, a random song um, pop into your head or, or come over the radio? Absolutely. And, you know, you know what, my my dad's favourite music was um, Glen Campbell. And when I go out to the cemetery, which I don't do very often, I go for once a year, I take the Spotify account out and I play <laughs> Glenn Campbell for him. And my niece loved the Backstreet Boys, you know. Yeah. He got into the Backstreet Boys revival, like in the, <laughs> yeah. So I'd played, I'd played music by them, but she also had this song, other song that um, was played at a funeral, which was one of her favourite songs called, um, Oh my god, I can't remember what it's called now. Anyway, one day I was listening to um to to I, you know how your Spotify just brings up random yes. um, songs. A song came on and it was Glenn Campbell singing this favorite song of Chloe's. Wow! And I knew that you that, can't make it up. I knew at that moment that both of them were there with me. So. Yeah. You know, and, and it could be a favourite song of, of, of someone or something that reminds you of someone. So that actually happened today when my husband and I were driving to this funeral. Of course and it did. Of course it did. <laughs> and we just looked at each other and cracked up. Yeah. And he changed the station because he's like, oh, this is too weird. And I just was laughing. Yeah. And then what he changed the station to was talking about death. <laughs> and I was like, change it back to the song. Change it back yeah. to the song. <laughs> You know, it's it's but, um, funny. The music pops in, but as I was saying before, when I'm on stage, I just you've got to just say the random stuff that comes into your head. 
Yeah. This isn't just, you know, this isn't just reserved for a medium. When you smell or feel or hear or get the feels, whatever, just listen to the random stuff that pops into your head. Don't let your smart brain engage because it'll do you over every time. Yeah. So, you know. This is exactly what we're talking about in this course of mine because, I believe just exactly what you're saying, and I say this to clients all the time, look, this isn't reserved for just um, the people that are sitting here reading. Like we all have to an ability to to an extent, we all have this capacity to tap in. And, um, yeah, this is innately connected to us as spiritual beings. Yes. Um, And it's part of our gift. It's part of our gift being in a physical vessel as well. So um, I love this and, yeah, I love that you're bringing this tonight because I'm such an advocate to empower people yeah, to find absolutely. their own gifts. But, yeah. you know, you can't go past physical signs. Yeah. You know, it's a sign can be as literal as a, as a billboard or a road sign or an Instagram post or something. It's really, you know, it's like if you're really in a really dark place and you see a post on, on, on Instagram saying, you know, the darkest hour is just before dawn, you know, take it that as a sign that something's going to get better. Or if you see a billboard with a palm tree saying it's time for a holiday right <laughs> after contemplating that you wanted to take a break, then, you know, you take that break. <laughs> but yes. maybe a slow a, a road sign saying slow down. It and could that, be the Nike tick just saying just do it. <laughs> just exactly all of these things. And it will resonate with you for some reason. So listen to how it resonates. And, you know, I mean, the other things are dreams, as we were talking about before. You're a strong dreamer, as is my sister. I am not. However, sometimes the dreams come to me. Uh, in, with, rela- with regards to my father and the ship incident, I blamed the captain of the ship because he didn't send a mayday out early enough. Yeah. And I blamed him and I said the captain was at fault in this. And one night after I started reading stuff, I got um, a dream and my father came in and he said, I've got someone you need to see and you need to talk to. And it was the captain. He drowned in the in the um, when the ship went down. He didn't leave his men. As a captain does, he went down with the ship trying to talk his men into jumping off the ship. Yeah. And he said to me, you write it as you hear it, Terry. Don't, yeah. don't worry about how it looks for me. Yeah, don't sugarcoat it. Yeah, he wanted the truth, yeah. And I cried and cried and cried because the next day I found some passages with the facts that he didn't leave the ship and all this kind of stuff and I knew that he tried his best to save everyone. So, you know, you've got to listen to that. You've got to listen to that. And symbols, symbols are everywhere too, like, you know, colours, flowers, animals, feathers, rocks, you know, cockatoos. You know, some people go, oh, my gosh, it's a, I see a butterfly and, you know, this person is here or dragonflies or five-cent pieces and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Always, always. You know, even colours, you know, you see the colour of something and you keep seeing the same colour. You know, it's just they're all, you know, we've got so many people sending us messages. So it's like, you know, just, and that's what I mean. It's like once you start knowing that messages have come to you, you get the deep feeling or the deep knowing yeah. and it's like you know in, in innately you know that something is going on you know you get the feels you know whether whether or not you get um the goosebumps or whatever it's the old gut feeling you know the the you know, spidey senses tingling you yeah. know you know something's going on but um you know you don't know how to listen to it so it's just you know you feel it so try 
try and sort of tune into it because the universe is coming to us from all different directions, as we've been saying. You know, like you probably get this too, but I say to a lot of clients, you know, I've got your mum here or whatever, and she keeps knocking photos down and hiding stuff. And they go, oh, my God, that's exactly what's happened. So, you know, objects, objects are really important too. Like, you know, Absolutely. books or, all that or kind hiding of something or bringing something forward that's been hiding for forever and then it comes forward at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny actually. I think that one of my family, my nana actually um, had this part to play in this thing but one of my old tarot decks went missing and I'm like, where? I could not find it anywhere. But I had this other fabulous tarot deck that it forced me to start to work with. Yeah. And um, and now it's I have this beautiful connection with this particular yeah. deck. And, of course, as soon as I really established that connection with that deck, I found the other one. It just appeared and I'm like, yeah, okay. Because it was telling yeah. you that's what you that's what you should be using. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like there's a different deck for every, and you get a feel you might have seven decks in front of you. Oh, this is the one I have to use from this. Yeah. But the other last couple of, I know I've talked way too much, but the last couple of points, <laughs> uh, you know, as we've discussed technical malfunctions and failures, I mean, anything from, you know, your TV not working to flickering lights to all that kind of stuff, doorbells, you know, and then issues in your bodies, feeling the physical stuff like empaths do. Yeah. Um, and other people do this, but they don't know they're empathic. They don't yeah. know that they're feeling this. So, you know, and as you were saying before, like your grandmother was a bit of a uh, poltergeist and kept hiding things, <laughs> setbacks, roadblocks, detours, delayed, sometimes you're, you're made to stop for a reason. That's right. You That's have right. to stop because then And when, yep. when that happens, I think this is part of it and we, this is where intuition drops in and that gut, that connection to that gut knowing is, yep. yeah, to know when those messages come that there is something greater at play. Absolutely. And usually there to protect and help you. You know, when everything's falling apart, um, as it did in my life, that's when the door opened for me. And what happens is if you, you know, if instead of feeling, oh, my God, you know, everything's going to, to you know, hell in a handbasket, you can find sometimes it's an opportunity to awaken the senses. Yeah. So it's like, and, and at that point, Every, everything starts to connect and flow together like like what happened in my book, you know. Yeah, it's just you've just got to just, I can't say listen enough. And when I mean listen, I say listen with your skin, listen with your, your physical signs, listen with your ears, listen with your mouth um, and taste and listen with your nose and the smell. All your senses. Absolutely, because it's all coming to all of us at the same time and we just, you know, we've got to learn which one's the strongest one for us. Yeah. Because they'll come, once once they're coming to you, it's, it's a, open the floodgates. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you've got to find a guide or someone to protect you so you don't, you don't, get, um, you get, don't get done in by them. Yeah, yeah, the big fryer. Yes. You don't want to get into the fryer. Yes. <laughs> Well, I can oh, stop Terry. talking about that now. Otherwise, I'll just. This is the problem with me being on stage. They give me half an hour, but if no one stops me, I'll just keep going. <laughs> I know we've been going for about seventy-four I know, minutes I'm so almost. Sorry. But no, don't please don't <laughs> apologize because you know this is going to be the entire podcast this week. 
<laughs> I, I hope we haven't bored everyone to snorts. No, no. I, I think we've got something out of it. Absolutely riveting. Well, at least for me, it is. Wonderful. Um, and Thank I you. believe that, yeah, this is going to serve so many. So it's been such an honor to have you on here tonight. And look, I feel like we should reconnect at some point absolutely. in the future for another part two. Yes. Because there's, there's so much to talk about. Absolutely. I would love to do that. It would be wonderful. Thank you so much, Terry. Absolute pleasure. People out there, listen, listen, listen. That's right. All right. Big love. Bye. All right. Thanks, darling. Bye. Bye. If you're after an incredible naturopath, shamanic energy healer, mindfulness and meditation guide and mentor, then look no further. I work with Sarah Sonara Diamond and the results have been absolutely unbelievable. Sarah's service and passion here on Mother Earth is assisting and alchemizing relationships of all types, first and foremost with yourself and by extension all others. After all, life is all about being in a relationship with everything around us. Her approach and philosophy is rewilding through the heart, which means gently coming back into our heart space and reconnecting to our magical space of love, kindness and compassion, forgiveness and softness, courage and bravery and authenticity. To keep coming back to a state of remembering who we are. Working with Sarah is a pathway to knowing yourself on a deeper level so that the choices that you make are coming from your heart rather than from program belief systems. It's all about reconnecting to our inner truth so that our joy, light and essence can shine through brighter than before. You can find Sarah Sonara Diamond at www.sonaralife and on Insta at sonara.wild.soul.divine-being. Check her out. If you have pains or blocks in your life and nothing is shifting, if you want to connect with your higher self and the universe with more ease and flow, then Wendy Buckingham is the lady to see. Wendy sees energies of all kinds. She connects to the angels and guides of love and light to help to clear away karma with your permission, of course, so that you feel more like you. Wendy works in person and internationally via Zoom, hands-free, all higher dimension energy work. So contact Wendy Buckingham on Facebook. So that takes us to the end of this week's episode, beautiful people. What an epic full journey that has been. So much love and so much gratitude. And until next time, 